Don't you hate it when you don't know what's going to happen or how things are going to turn out? I mean, suspense is okay if you're watching a movie and if you like that kind of movie, but who wants that kind of drama in their life? How many of us, when we went through school, or maybe you're in school right now, how many of us really enjoyed having to wait for the teacher to correct the test to find out what the grade was? Whether we thought we did great and just wanted to confirm the A, or whether we waited in dread, just wondering what the grade was going to be, fearing the worst, the waiting wasn't always easy. Do you like having a medical test? And then having to wait a week or two weeks to see if maybe you have cancer? Or what about the girl waiting, waiting, waiting to see if he's ever going to pop the question? Do you like not knowing whether you're going to have enough money to cover the bills this month? Are you comfortable sitting there wondering day after day, am I doing the right thing? Maybe you found what many Christians have found um, when they found themselves in these circumstances. We pray a lot. Many of our prayers are offered in times of uncertainty. We don't like sitting around wondering. We'd like to know for sure what's going on. And as we pray and we pray and we wait and we wait, we may even begin to wonder, is God hearing me? Or Are my concerns so minor to the almighty God of heaven and earth that they're not even on his radar? If he does hear me, what is taking him so long? (laughs) Maybe this prayer thing is overrated. Have you been there before? The Apostle John speaks to us today about some things that are certain, things that you can trust, things you can rely on, Sure things. In case there's any question in your mind, any doubt at all, we're given this assurance about God and our prayers. Yes, he is listening. The Apostle John wrote this letter to Christians who lived in about 100 A.D., but but we're also included when he writes, I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. And the purpose for his writing is clear. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. God had John write these things so that you and I might have confidence. He doesn't want you to be uncertain about whether you're going to be in heaven one day. And so if somebody were to ask you, if you died today, would you be in heaven? The answer is not, I hope so, or I don't know. God has given us the Bible, which proclaims that that salvation comes by faith in Jesus Christ. His perfect life, his death on the cross as payment for sin, and his resurrection on Easter morning. God tells us this in his words so that we, we know that we will be in heaven one day. And what a relief that is to know that my eternal salvation does not hinge on whether I've been good enough or I've I've done more good things than bad things or, or something like that. Then there would be uncertainty. Then I would be sitting around waiting for the results of the test. 
Did I pass God's test? What a relief. There is no uncertainty. We know that we have eternal life by believing in Jesus. So what does that have to do with prayer? Well, it means that since God has given you faith in his son and you're part of God's family, you are the righteous child of God. That's what God has made you. That's what he sees when he looks at you now. To you, he has given the privilege of talking to him. So God is actually listening when you pray. And John wasn't the only one to write these things to Christians. Peter wrote something very similar. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their requests. And he was really quoting King David, who wrote the same thing uh, centuries before to God's people. God's people have always had God's ear. This has always been, it's still the case, it's the case with you, 24-7 access to God is what you have. There is nothing uncertain about this. So yes, he is listening. He's listening because you are his child. So when you come to pray, when you come before the almighty God of heaven and earth, the one who came to save you from eternal death, the one who gave you faith to trust in Jesus, how do you think you ought to come? Well, what if you were coming before a president or or a queen maybe? How would you come? Respectfully, with humility, I think. Well, this is that on steroids. And God wants us to come He urges us to come. We can go to him anytime. We can go anywhere. We can pray with complete confidence that he is listening to us because we are his children. But we always come before him with respect and humility and we pray according to his will. That means that we may really want the thing that we're praying for. And we may pray for it constantly, kind of like the, the persistent widow we heard about in the, in the reading this morning, who went before that judge. Or, or maybe Jacob, who wrestled with God and just pushed him for an answer. But finally, we're willing to accept whatever answer it is that God gives to us. Maybe you know about the Apostle Paul and how he prayed and prayed and prayed for God to take some extremely difficult thing away from him. We don't know what that thing was, but it wasn't good. Paul called it a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. And so he prayed and prayed and prayed, and yet he bowed to God's will. He accepted the no answer from him. And so Paul was actually able to rejoice over God's no answer. He was actually able to boast about that difficult situation in a way that that still honored Christ and showed that despite that bad thing, Christ was the strength of his life. It was God's will. And so Paul accepted that. John promises us this is the confidence we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So yes, he's 
listening because you're asking according to his will. When we love God and we trust him with our lives, we we trust him with our very souls, then we pray like Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. You think you have stuff on your mind. You think you have things going on in your life. You think you have drama and hardship and problems. Well, Jesus was just hours away from what he knew was coming. The pressure and the suffering for the entire world's sin and God, his father, actually turning his back on him as he hung dying on the cross. But listen to his prayer. My father, if it is possible, let this cup, this cup of suffering, pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Let me share two things about that. Certainly, we should see in Jesus the example of how to pray according to God's will. That's the first thing. Jesus did it perfectly. He did it under a crushing burden that you and I, thankfully, are never going to know. And that's really the second thing. His perfectly doing that paid the price for our imperfections when it comes to prayer. And so in Jesus' perfection, we find forgiveness for the times that that we don't take our prayers and requests to God at all, and for the times that we're not persistent in our prayers, and for the times that we, we blame God for not caring, not listening, not being there, and the times that we pray according to our will instead of God's will. Jesus did perfectly what you and I have such a hard time doing. And when he offered up that perfection and shed his blood, it was to take away all of our wrongdoing when it comes to prayer and everything else. According to Jesus' loving will, he did that for us. Since he was willing to do that. Don't you think that he's going to do whatever is best for us in our lives? The respectful and humble Christian trusts that he is listening and that he will do what's best for us. There's still another reason you can be confident that he's listening, and that's because he wants to answer you. He assures us here. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we also know that we receive the things we have asked from him. We have a loving God who is there. He is listening, and he's giving us what we ask for. Really? I asked for $5 million then. Hold on. (laughs) Let's think for a minute about what John uh, explains here. When a child of God goes to him in prayer and asks for something according to the Lord's will, they know they have what they asked for. So if you ask for something from God... According to his will, you have what you asked for. But my friend died after battling an illness. That's not what I asked for. We lost our house. That's not what I asked for. My child is still making terrible life decisions. That's not what I asked for. My team lost. That's not what I asked for. My classes aren't going that well. That's not what I asked for. 
Is this promise right? Listen again. If you ask for something from God, according to his will, you have what you asked for. When a respectful, humble Christian prays, they're saying that they're willing to accept whatever answer God gives. Many of you, most of you, know the answers God can give. He can say yes. He can say no. He can say, not right now. He can say, how about something better? There are many ways that God can answer prayer. But if I'm saying that I'll accept whatever your answer is, God, according to your will, then I have what I asked for. I have his will done in my life. Is God listening? Intently. Is he doing anything? Absolutely. He is, in fact, doing exactly what you asked for. And he's doing it exactly in the way that he knows is best for you. And what more could you and I possibly want than that? God wants to answer you. He does answer you. How wonderful is that? And should God listen to us and do exactly the things that we ask for no matter what? And we sometimes think so. Maybe often even. We might even so be so bold as to charge God with being unfair if he doesn't do it. We might claim that, well, maybe he's not powerful or loving or even paying attention to us if he doesn't do exactly what we want when we want it. But try applying that reason to your own life and you'll see how ridiculous that is. If you're a kid, if you're a kid, do you think your parents should do everything that you think is right? I know what your parents think. But do you think that? And what if you wanted to have a camp out in your living room? Parents say, okay, blankets, for tents, roll out the sleeping bags, go to the backyard, get some wood so you can have the fire on the living room floor, or on the carpeted floor, inside the house. Your parents are not going to let you do that. That's not according to their loving and protective will. So we're familiar with the concept that, that God talks about when it comes to prayer. A child sometimes doesn't understand, sometimes just hasn't thought it all through, Sometimes doesn't know any better. Sometimes even gets angry with mom or dad for not doing exactly what they want. So you and I really are children of God, aren't we? As God's people, we find comfort in knowing that we will receive just what we ask for, whether that comes in the form that we're th- of the thing that we're thinking about or the answer is different, but it is according to God's loving will for us which is also what we asked for. God wants to answer us, and he does answer us. You and I don't see what God sees. We don't know what God knows, and so we pray. We pray with the confidence that he's listening because we are his children. We pray with the certainty that he is listening because we're asking according to his will. And we ask with the assurance that he is listening because he wants to answer us. There's nothing uncertain about this. This is a sure thing. God promises.
Amen.